0: Our world can be a scary place. There's war on top of war, monthly fights over the funding of our government, guns showing up in our schools. This doesn't even take into account more personal anxieties like will our children grow up to be healthy, well-adjusted, kind adults? Will someone that we love be able to navigate a challenge they're facing? Will we fail? at our work. Anxiety comes from a place of intolerance for uncertainty. And it can lead us towards two coping mechanisms, worry or avoidance. Worry involves doubting the future, whereas avoidance involves us distracting ourselves. Neither is particularly helpful over the long term. Brene Brown teaches that the healthiest way for us to move forward with our anxieties and fears is to acknowledge their presence rather than pretend as if they don't exist, but also not allow them to govern our behavior and instead be curious about why they keep showing up and what it is that they have to teach us. Although we all have experiences with these emotions, they do not have to define us we are more than the culmination of our worries and our fears when we allow our worries and fears to consume us we stunt our abilities to flourish and grow and evolve hindering ourselves from living the lives that god dreams for us to live so that we can make our contribution to the common good Our Bible is a diverse collection of books. It is filled with very different perspectives, but the arc of our scripture is in agreement with modern social science that to be guided by fear is the enemy of life. In this morning's gospel story, Jesus tells a parable about a wealthy person going on a long trip and entrusting his financial resources with three servants, giving them each a share of talents to look after. That Greek word, "talenta" refers to money. One talent, which is the smallest amount that's mentioned in this story, was more than a working class person might earn over the course of their entire lifetime. Jesus used money as a teaching tool because money talked, then just as it does now particularly when huge amounts of it are at play. And yet, money is merely a prop that Jesus is using to make a deeper point about life. While the first two characters in the story receive praise for investing what was left to them and earning a return, the third is so afraid of losing what he's been entrusted. He is so worried that he might mess things up that he doesn't do anything. Fear and worry kept this man from growing what he had been given. The third servant's fear of the bad things that could happen left him frozen. It gives me pause to think about all the times I have lived like this person, missing out on life due to my fear of what might go wrong, rather than being open to the wonderful possibilities Of what could go right. The point of this gospel story is that real life involves something being at stake. We will meet many moments in life in which we won't know the outcome. Jesus wants us to treat these moments as an important threshold, to learn to see what might be fear-producing as representing possibility that which has the potential to teach us something new and possibly form us into someone new. He wants us to avoid that impulse to dig a hole and hide and work on stepping forward through our fears to see what's on the other side of them. Parker Palmer calls this turning to wonder. Not denying the gravity of our fears and worries, but being curious about the miracles, mysteries, beauties, and tenderness that might be possible. You know, we're born with an ability to be curious, but when we leave our fears and worries unexamined and unchecked, they stifle our curiosity. Many of us think of curiosity as an intellectual pursuit, but what Jesus is teaching about is a deep, heart-centered pursuit, the goal of which is not to know something with certainty, but to be open to the search. If curiosity is looking through the peephole of a door, what Jesus is encouraging us to do is to turn the knob of that door and go through the doorway and experience what's on the other side. In his book, Seek, Scott Shigoka says that this type of approach to life feels exposed and it feels vulnerable, but that it's ultimately what gives us the greatest potential for transformation. Research shows that people who practice curiosity as a value in their daily life end up living longer, reporting a higher quality of life, They're associated with being happier, having more positive relationships, enjoying higher levels of well-being and life satisfaction. It is also true that when we choose to occupy a posture of curiosity, rather than fear or worry, we open up to meaningful connection and conversation with those that we hold differences with. And yet, Just like our muscles, curiosity can atrophy when we don't use it regularly. We have to train and condition, practice every day, work at getting better. Next time we encounter a moment with an unknown outcome, will we choose to be open-minded and curious or will we worry ourselves in circles, listing all the reasons it could never possibly work out guided by our fear. As with anything else, the types of people that we surround ourselves with go a long way towards shaping our answer to this question. Curiosity is a spiritual practice that's valued by the Episcopal Church. We're a church that's comfortable with not having to have all the answers while coming together to seek God and the mystery. This morning's gospel reminds me that we at Christchurch have a responsibility to model for others what it looks like for a community to be curious, to value wonder, and to be open to what might be possible. We have hit the jackpot here in our little corner of Capitol Hill. Like the servant who was entrusted five talents, we have the ability to do amazing things, which will never be accomplished through fear or worry, but by being open to risk, believing that God is guiding us across a threshold towards a new place that we might not be able to visualize and it might look different than yesterday, but that we trust includes miracles, mysteries, beauties, and tenderness that surpass our imaginations. Fear encourages us to hide who we are, to be who we aren't. It's what keeps us from stepping into the arena and from making an impact on the world. Fear is the enemy of new life. So here's to wondering and being curious. And building the type of community that's not beholden to fear or worry, but committed to investing in what could be possible. How much are we willing to risk to discover what it is that God has in store for us? In the name of God, amen.